And then there were four. France and Croatia wind back the clock four years, progressing to consecutive semi-finals. Argentina edged their way through and make themselves look like a bunch of dogs in the process. And Morocco capture even more hearts along their way to an extraordinary final four placing. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 93. We're at semi-final time, baby. World Cup semis on the way this week. They'll be... They'll, one of them will be played by the time people hear this. Uh, Tommy's on the other end of the line joining me again. We're going to go through it. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Yep, pretty good, Sam. I um, I don't want this World Cup to end. No. Which I think is a weird thing for us to be saying right now. Yes. Who would have thought this random, you know, illegitimate, illegitimately awarded World Cup would somehow end up being one of the more entertaining and maybe equally balanced. I think we've seen plenty of upsets. I think so. Are we right to be, we're still right to be isolating the football from the other, the other circumstances. I don't think we're right to be doing it, but we're not. I think you and I made a good conscious choice at the beginning. People know where we stand. We don't, we don't like it. I just said it's illegitimately awarded. Yeah. It's not, you know, the football has been good though. There, there are other places you can go that would do a much better job at tackling those kind of topics and have a much wider voice than we do. So, yeah, I think we're okay to just focus on the football. You know, I wouldn't say it was the best World Cup I've seen. I think 2006, the quality was just outstanding. 2018, I thought, was possibly a stronger World Cup than this one that we've seen. Um, but if, And has the football been good? Tell you what, it's been crowded in midfield areas. I think that's what we've said. That's been the feature of this World Cup. And I think it's um, kind of penalised good football, you know, stuff we want to see, good, nice, slick moves, good passing, control, ebbs and flows and stuff. It hasn't really eventuated like that. Yeah, that's fair. It's probably, um, you've probably ranked it fairly there. I think the only World Cup that I struggled to to have gotten around was 2010, South Africa. Mm. Ditto, man. And, and it's funny because I, I had a, there was a video popped up just in my feed randomly and I wanted to watch it, but I got admitted into it and thought, oh, this is terrible. Like, no wonder we hated it. You can't hear yeah. anything. I can't remember. If, I might have said on the show last week, I was watching that YouTube channel where they've got every single goal from the World Cups. And it was like the 2002 World Cup, like separate videos. They will go for like 25 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And the 2010 one, I struggled to get through it because just the, Vuvuzelas, the sound, it was the worst. Horrendous. It was worse, worse than I remembered. I can't believe. Yeah. I and now I, it, it takes me back because I think I watched one of the games in a pub because I knew there would be no volume. Yep, a tiny TV above a bar, and I was like, okay, this will do. Sick. Yeah. Um. Twenty. Twenty eighteen. I forgot how good twenty eighteen was. Really, actually, we were kind of spoiled. Cracking opening game with Russia and. Uh, yeah, the semi-finals were great. The final was great. A six-goal final. Uh, we could end up with the same final in this one, couldn't we? We could. Um, that would be interesting. <laughs> Has that ever happened before? Did France and Brazil do it? I couldn't tell you. That's a good one for us to find out and get back next week. Yeah. One for some older heads, maybe. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go through these quarterfinals, though. Um, wow. Bit of a shock. Brazil going out. Croatia get through on penalties. Uh, you very, just like me last week on the show, said that Brazil were going to storm through. And then on Saturday, you were talking up how you said Croatia were going to win. 
not going to win, just that they were going to hang in there. And hang in there, did they fuck? That is, did they that, fuck? Is, that is the motif of this Croatian side. This hang old, in there. tired, spent, slow Croatian team yep. that are somehow in consecutive World Cup semifinals. Yeah, um, I don't know if you caught this game, but my God, Brazil absolutely slaughtered them. Oh, 11 shots on target <laughs> of one. They, they slaughtered them. Um, That's the beauty of tournament football. Yeah, they just um, old mate Lavakovic, Lavakovic in goals for Croatia was huge. Uh, they got away with it. They were still lucky. <laughs> like Brazil, I don't know how they haven't just buried more chances. And then Neymar finally puts them one up. And then even Croatia's equaliser is like oh. deflection off of Marquinhos. If it doesn't hit him, it's going straight to Allison, who would gobble it up. Uh, it's just so unlucky for Brazil, but it is also just it is also just so. Since 2002, it's just so Brazil to muck up a game like this. Yes. this I think this is a really good point. Like Brazil now out of the quarterfinal stages, uh, last four of the last uh, four of the last five World Cups. Yeah. Extraordinarily good to watch. I think my favorite team to watch in this tournament again. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a loss for the semis in the final that they're not going to be in it because they would have actually tried to push the script and, and do, you know, something incredible. But... You know, given their record, do we overestimate this nation? Uh, perhaps in the past we have overestimated them, but I think this year it was their year. This is the best squad they've had going into a World Cup since probably 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue 2014 Brazil maybe, but they'd never, they still didn't have the striker. You know, they had Fred up there. Um, this team was the one I thought was going to do it and just – how cohesive they were together and how well they got through qualifying. Um, I thought they were going to take it, but it just hasn't happened. That's a that's a good point and a good counterbalance from like the 98 and 2002 sides that, you know, had you know, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, et cetera, yep. um, is that they were, this is a better functioning team, whereas they were the solidified stars, like the the individual Brazilian, Jogo Benito and all of that, that was, um, you know, like a, a messy influence, but you had fucking three of them in your nation. This one was a more of a team togetherness, wasn't it? It was the fact that these players were usually just picked because they fit together more than individual form and stuff like that. Yeah. But in saying that, going into this tournament, all of them were firing. Yeah. So you can't... Yeah. Neymar was banging goals. Vinny, you know, Rafinha, who has had... I thought he had a few assists, you know. I thought he played really well. He just never got on the score sheet. Yeah. Which was surprised me. I think you know when you're talking about Brazil being unable to bury some chances, the the white these are the guys that need to be scoring the goals, and this yeah in the end was their downfall. Yeah, it was. Um, just going through like Brazil, I remember the obviously they won it in 2002. They were incredible. 2006, mm-hmm. they had the um was that the one they were knocked out by France in the quarterfinals. Oh, you're really going to test my knowledge here. Um, Roberto Carlos decided not to. Mark Thierry Henry and just stood there with his hands on his knees and Henry ran past him and just it, if you go back after this pot I'll remind you go back and watch the quarterfinal France Brazil goal it's 1-0 and it's Henry scores a like tap in from a free kick at the back post but mm-hmm. watch Roberto Carlos marking him just leaves him ignores him it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen and that's it they're out of the tournament and I thought they were probably they were probably in the maybe the best side in that tournament 
Um, Easily. Any side with Kaká in it is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, this French side had Zinedine Zidane, so. Yeah, it did. Uh, I just thought, you know, Brazil were better. And then mm-hmm. 2010, they get knocked out by the Netherlands, who end up making the final. That was also a quarterfinal they lost in. Mm-hmm. 2014 is the infamous 7-1 semifinal, which Ooh. I don't know what happened there, but I, th- I feel like Brazil maybe. I said before I thought that was maybe their strongest chance since 02, but on reflection, I think they did limp through that tournament a bit, didn't they? Played basically off of the backs of the the passion in the stands, yeah. Yeah, I, they limped through it a bit. That kind of thing was doomed to fail. Like the the intense pressure for them to yeah. succeed uh, was always going to be too much. Yeah. Hindsight's easy, but you can see, I think that's how 7-1 happens. Yeah. And then um, 2018, it was... Uh, Belgium. Belgium were, everyone thought was going to be like their golden generation coming through. So they knocked off Brazil. That was also a quarterfinal, I think. Um, it was, yeah. So they've that's, gone a ba- out and, that's a banger quarterfinal. I think they've gone out and, yeah, quarterfinals, three of the last four World Cups or something. Um, and like you said, that pressure thing, that's something they actually talked about this World Cup was having the pressure of winning for Brazil. The players were feeling it and... Uh, I don't know. It didn't look like they were feeling it because they were playing really well. They just didn't find the net. They got a bit unlucky. Sometimes you need a bit of luck to go your way as well, and they just didn't get it. But I don't want to discredit Croatia, though, because, like you said, Mm. hanging in there, they did this last tournament, and they've obviously – they know what they're doing together. They know how to grind results out, uh, get tournament results. Definitely. Um, I I like that this is like a 30-year-old nation that is – now just competing on the absolute shoulders of heavyweights at footballing tournaments. It's crazy development and one which, you know, you can probably see in the fa- in the formation and the foundation of Croatia, like why they, they kind of exemplifies how they play in a way and that it really is a, a unit and a togetherness and it, it feels like they are all, you know, some of their parts and, their ability to just because <laughs> they're not even really defending that well, considering how many no, shots and good chances so. they give up. Um, I'm going to kind of contradict that straight away though and say, uh, Vardio, I think, is the best center back of this tournament. And like for me, you know, one of those rare talents that you, you hear about and then you finally get to see him and they like confirm all your preconceptions. This guy's really, really talented. Yeah, good squad. Um, like, like you said, just a squad that kind of just, I don't know, everyone just kind of does their role and they just grind away together. But we was, I'm contradicting again, though, because obviously they we, they did play shit in this game. They've just somehow found a way to go through. I, I don't know. Uh, Gvardiol has been great. Josip Juanovic has been great as well, the Celtic right back. Um, Dan Lovren. Dan, Dan Lovren, for all the shit he gets given, he's floating around at the back there through to a semi-final World Cup again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unreal. This has been the World Cup of, like, dis, like discarded uh, former EPL centre-backs still getting around and doing, like, incredible jobs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's been good to see. Um, you got any other notes on this game? Uh, you know, just... Croatia, they have they thrilled me the least of probably the four remaining teams, and I wouldn't be overly bothered if they get done in the next round. But um, 
you know, maybe the, I wanted to talk about Neymar and the shootout. Go on. You've got a little bit of experience with this as well. The situation of taking the last penalty. Yeah. And it never reaching you. And it's been a big furore that, you know, Neymar as the captain should take the first pen. Yeah. Just wanted to, just wanted to know where you stand on this. Uh, I don't know. It's, I'm surprised he didn't take one. Um, I think once you end up in the situation where you have to score, I think you can sh- you shuffle here. Or do you have to give your first five order to the referee? I don't know that it is locked in locked in cement. Yeah. I'm not sure if it is at that level or not. I just remember when you said I, I have experience in this. Yeah. I had the one the one we had in juniors where um it was my turn to take the penalty and someone else just went up there and took it. Like, no, nah, fuck yeah. Just said, Oh no, I'm taking it. Don't worry about me winning golden boot, you take it. Um uh, <laughs> They went and took it and blasted it over the bar. And uh, we never got to play on high marsh because of that. So thanks a lot. Uh, We're not bitter. We have uh, no regrets. But then we had a a semi quarterfinal. Quarterfinal a few years ago, I got to take the last pen. And it was the winning pen. So that felt good. There was a bit of, of, uh, what do you call it? Retribution? I don't know. Retribution. Yep. Whatever. Who knows? Um, Made it up. But I mean, but yeah. that's the criti—that's the criticism of Neymar is that he wanted that glory of the winning penalty. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, he, Maybe. he probably should have taken one, but whatever. It's before, done now. Marquin- before Marquinhos, at least. I would have thought so. Before yeah. his centre-backs. Um, ne- he's never taken a pen outside of a shootout. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Croatia through. Their semi-final will be played uh, Wednesday morning. People will... That game will be done by the time people hear this, but they're playing Argentina, who got through also on penalties against the Netherlands. This was a weird game, and I Mm. came out of it on the other end just really not liking Argentina. I think I called them a bunch of dogs at the start of the show. But, yeah, I think you did. Um, We'll leave that in. They they kind of are. I didn't anticipate before this tournament thinking, yeah, Argentina, we're going to be the the biggest shithouses, but also be the guys that were just so arrogant and kind yeah. of demonstrative in their entitled. taunting. Yeah, it just it, it's all of that. And I mean yeah. the most entitled part is the uh the, the referee. Look, I, I, what's uh, what's your opinion on him first? What do you do you think he cuz you watched this one, did he handle this game properly or no, the notion of awful. 17 cards is ridiculous. It's I've never seen well I mean we don't usually get it in the football we watch, you know, Australia England, Italy sometimes, but it would never boil over to the point of 17. That's insane. Nah, he was he was absolutely awful. And he just lets things get out of control. He always does this. Anytime you watch a Champions League game that he's involved in, mm-hmm. uh, he's awful. And I just thought it was real strange that the Argentinians had the audacity to be... They were the ones doing the most complaining about the referee post-game. You had Emmy Martinez, Lionel Messi, all talking about how bad the referee was when I thought he... He let them off the hook a bit, to be honest. Well, yeah, you look at the foul count and the Dutch have, con- what did they concede? Almost twice as many, if not twice. Yeah, they t- two times as many fouls was a- were awarded, you know, against the Dutch. So when the Argies are still banging on about the fact that they haven't <laughs> been looked after by the referee enough or questioning. Yeah. Um, it's it's remarkable. And I mean, it's funny, you know, the referee, um, old friend of Messi's. And by friend, I mean... 
uh, the petulant little bastard hated him in La Liga. Obviously, Spanish ref took control of all of the Barcelona Real Madrid games. Um, And yeah, he's carried somewhat of a grudge throughout this whole thing. Oh, hasn't he? And then, you know, in the post game, got what he wanted. It baffles me because I don't know if I'm going too hard here on Messi, but he should not be playing in the semi final. He should. The the tax thing? (laughs) We'll leave the tax fraud out of it. But he, the blatant handball, which another player was given a yellow for, and then he Mm -hmm. wasn't for one that was arguably worse, not given a yellow for it. A few minutes later, he barges straight through the back of a Dutch player and nothing. It's just a foul. Carry on. You're right, Messi. Cynical as fuck. Don't worry about it. And then he eventually gets a yellow late in the game. He could have been booked three times. He shouldn't be playing in the semi because he should have been sent off. And then he has the audacity to go in there after and whinge about the referee. I'm getting absolutely over this baby. I'm just really annoyed that the two best players in this generation or perhaps in any generation in Ronaldo and Messi are just turning out to be grade A flogs. Yeah. After all this time, I think we're finally seeing their true colors. I did listen. There's a really insufferable Argentinian commentator on the guardian pods at the moment. Um, yeah. And the way I know the one. Yeah. The way that they were just banging on about how this is a good sign a good side of Messi and like this is something that the Argentinians have been desperate to see this kind of I'm um, I'm gonna throw a tantrum if I don't win this just like yeah. I did when I was a child and they're really latching onto it and I think that encapsulates and that photo obviously the, the, the taunting and the celebration in front of the distraught yeah. Dutch guys on the halfway line like that is that's pretty unbecoming like that's not a great photo <laughs> No, I can't imagine being in a situation where you win a quarterfinal and get through to the semi of a World Cup and your first reaction is to taunt the opposition rather than just celebrate your achievement. I, can't, is- I, I kind of get it in a Sunday league context because you pretty you know the people and you know, you'll know you see them again next year at the same time and the same thing will happen, maybe different. But like you said, at a World Cup where there's no... There's no real need for grudges like this unless you play against them in a domestic league. But yeah. Argentina versus the Netherlands, you're not going to get too many. Especially when it seemed, it seemed to me throughout the game like Argentina were definitely the antagonist the whole way through as well. Mm-hmm. Pantomime um, villain, definitely. And it's like, so, you know, like it's one of those ones where if like the Netherlands had won that, had come back from 2 0 down and came back and won it after everything the RGs were doing. Mm. They would have every right probably to, you know, give them some of that taunting. But she was on the other foot, I guess, and whatever. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who did it, but the dude that um, lashed the ball into the bench. Paredes. Caused, was it Paredes that did it? Who did that crazy slide tackle, which I think, oh, yeah. I think he did end up getting booked for the tackle. He did. But then he got up and just punted the ball straight into the bench. They're like, why? I don't understand why he did that. God, <laughs> it's born out of nothing, isn't it? Nothing. They haven't done anything. They're just sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. And then Netherlands get that late equaliser. That was unreal. Can can we talk about that free kick for a second? The Weghurst. Oh, my God. Like, what makes you... That's balls. Want to try balls, this? Sam. <laughs> what makes you want to try this at this moment of a World Cup? <laughs> hanging on by a thread in the 101st <laughs> minute. 
it's complete it's genius you know what it is and that's genius is madness isn't it until it works and that's you know if it doesn't come off they're going to get chastised from here to uh antarctica but good one i was just trying to think what was the most desolate <laughs> furthest away place that would be watching the world cup maybe okay. yeah potentially and uh, I, just, I can't believe it's a burnley striker doing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> on the end of it <laughs> the burnley striker on the end of it make taking it to extra time doing bits in the world cup yeah but yeah it's genius it's executed so flawlessly as well have the Dutch surprised you this tournament? No, not really. Not really? It, no, I haven't been that enthralled by them, to be honest. I'd said last week or the, the previous one, the previous pod, that I don't think that they've really been tested. And so it was good to see them tested in this. And, you know, it's exciting for them to come back and equalize. But I wouldn't, you know, I would probably say Croatia would have beaten them in this semi final. Yep. Okay. Um, what about you? You've liked them? No, nah, I don't know. Mixed. I think they've surprised me a little bit. I know they have quality in the midfield area there, a bit with Darun and De Jong, mm. Bergwijn, Depay, you know, but uh, Van Dijk at the back. But aside from that, I thought they were kind of weak. And we, you and I have talked a bit about having those those wide wingbacks. Daly Blind is a, like a wingback. And the other one is Dumfries, who if anyone's ever heard me talk about Serie A, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> but it's it <laughs> Wow, what's his deal? <laughs> he's just a moron. Plays for Inter. Let, let's go into it. Nah, not now. We're done. So you would you would have been enjoyed that he got sent off. Oh, you would have enjoyed him being sent off. No, it was after the game. It was after the shootout. Bizarre one. I still yeah. I'm still not entirely sure why. He got both his yellows after the shootout. I'd already turned it off. I haven't gone back. You can't get a good enough highlight package of it anywhere on SBS either. So, oh, well. Um, so, yeah, Argentina-Croatia predictions? Uh, whew. This is tough, especially because people would have already watched the game and know, so there's a lot of writing on this. Um, I think Croatia win on penalties. <laughs> I don't know what happens, but I hope that... Oh, don't fence it. I hope that Croatia kill them 9-0. I'm being a baby about it. And why not? Uh, Pekovic had trick. Yeah. Let's go. They just, Argentina became, it for a while there, it reached this point of like, oh my God, if England go through and I have to decide between England or Argentina, this is going to be really tough now because Messi has pissed me off that much. Being such a baby. Oh, now I'm being a baby, whinging about him being a baby. There we go. All right, Sunday night, Morocco won, Portugal nil. Oh, my God. What have you got for me? Oh, my God. My boys, Sammy, they're through. What a buzz. What a result. Mm. And, um, they are good. Are they good? Are they great? Are they defensively just super sound and don't give the opposition a sniff? Uh, I wouldn't say they don't give the opposition a sniff. They have their leaks at times, as all teams do, but they're finding a way just to keep keep the ball out the net and snagging one at the other end. They were let off a bit with Diogo Costa's uh, weird coming off his line there and getting nowhere near the ball in the end for the goal and Nasiri putting it away. But 
take away Insane. that mistake and then it's a nil all and we're going late we're going into extra time you mm. know? do you think it, do you think it's a mistake that dude i saw i think it's a mistake he jumped, he jumped like three meters in the air that's an incredible leap. I watched and it's a beautiful ball. I watched it a few times. The keeper's not doing good there. I'm not sure he saves it, even if he stays on his on his line. He's just got to get to the ball. Oh, you're right. Okay. Cross. He's got to get to that. <laughs> if he's coming for that cross, he's got to get to that. It's yeah. He ends up not really anywhere near it somehow, and it's it just looked really poor. A bit of a delayed reaction as well to come, and yeah, not covering himself in glory there, but. At the end of the day, Portugal probably should have scored anyway. Ronaldo had that half chance that, uh, for most people, it's a half chance towards the end there. That for him, it's a really good chance. Um, a chance to write the narrative that he always wanted. And the big one was Pepe. How many times have you seen Pepe score those? The header right at the end. That was I, remarkable. I don't know he how scored he scored it in the previous game. Yeah, he's he's made a habit of that all through his career. And there we go. It's gone and... Yeah, wow, Portugal out. And they have a this is I talked up this Portugal squad. I thought they were gonna go a long way. And mm-hmm. looking at their team on paper, it's really good. Um they've just been undone by the underdog story. Yeah, they were frustrated is what it was. Like Bruno Fernandez was not a happy camper from about twenty minutes onwards. They they were just in their face, employing all the dirty tricks that they could think of. Yep. Um and that's that's what you got to do. And as the underdog nation, that's what you love to see them do. You love to see them shithouse their way to a World Cup semi-final. Yeah, <laughs> they have it. that's a bit unfair. They haven't shithouse their way. I like the um, I like the goalkeeper Bono. I think he's excellent. Named after a douchebag, but at the same time, very good goalkeeper. Yeah, he's good. He's turned out to be really. Really solid this tournament. Um, He's made huge saves. Maybe the goalkeeper of a very weak goalkeeping tournament. I think I'm going back to Portugal for a second. Mm. I don't know if they've got the selections right throughout this tournament. I don't know. They I don't know if they really know what they want to do with their front three. Ja Felix Fernandez and they had Ramos in there again. You have to play Ramos after the hat trick, but. Could, was, not, not, was not his game this one. But they're though. not. They're trying to squeeze in Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes, but they aren't really playing with an attacking midfielder. And then leaving someone like maybe a little bit biased, but Rafael Leao is a born match winner. He pretty much carried Milan to the Serie A title last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you've got to try and find a way to get him on that wing there because that Jao Felix playing on the left. I'm not sure how much he plays on the left for Atletico. I'm not sure how much he plays at all for Atletico. Yeah, exactly. It's so shackled. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what he knows his best position is. I like, I really like what you're saying about trying to get this front three to work because you've got Ruben Neves who's going to play a beautiful defensive holding pivot. And so from at that point, you've got options. You can play, you could probably play two playmaking central midfielders and then a false. Nine potentially with an attacking midfielder in there if you needed to. I'm thinking you'd have Neves as the holding with Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes in there next to him, just in there, letting Bruno kind of roam, letting and Bernardo one, do anything, letting one go forward. Bruno would probably be the one getting further forward. Bernardo is good enough to play centre mid, especially against you know Morocco. All no disrespect to Morocco, but Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes, come on, yeah. like Ruben Neves, come on. That gives Amrabat like a really tough game, and the yeah. guys already run an incredible amount of uh, caves over this tournament. Yeah, what you want to what you want to do is drag them out of position. 
you're right. They had options in this one. I, I agree. Liao should be. If if you can't get him starting in this team, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. You've got Otavio in there. You've got Ramos. Who, yeah, okay. He scored that hat trick, but it's a different game. And you you know you're paid to make. I still I think there's room for him. You just if you shuffle that midfield, you got probably move Felix over to the right and get Liao on that left wing. I know I saw. Felix, by nature, does end up kind of roaming around and ended up on the right wing a bunch of times and stuff and mm. even had a really good chance from the right late where he he got the ball from a throw-in, I think, or no, mm. it was the the turnover. The Moroccan defender turned it over at the back and then uh, the ball was played into Ronaldo who laid it off. Felix with a nice curler, but brilliant save by Bono. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, unlucky. All oh, the well, day's work for Bono. Ronaldo done. Were you sad to see Ronaldo finish his World Cup career? You know what we've had in this tournament? His, <laughs> we've had Suarez crying on the bench. We've had Neymar crying on the field. And now we've had Ronaldo throw in the biggest sook after the game. Hardly shook anyone's hand. Yeah. Didn't talk to his teammates at all. Didn't go to the Portuguese fans in the stadium. Did that when they win. <laughs> Well, that's why I thought maybe he would have a change of heart if they got knocked out because this would be the last time that he would be in this moment and he chose to perform to the camera. Yep, he did. <laughs> Special individual, that one. There's a lot going on there. That At some point in this guy's life, he's got some serious therapy to do, I think, Ronaldo. Yeah. So I, we've only yeah, got... If I was him, I'd be more worried about the, the lawsuits that are probably coming his way. We've only got one more to tick off the list of crying on the bench, and that's uh, Leo Messi. So fingers crossed. Oh. Fingers crossed oh. that's happened by the time people are hearing this and they can that hear me saying be. this and go, oh, it happened. That might be the perfect World Cup if that happens. Yeah, wouldn't it? I'm not, I wasn't, I was never in that camp of hoping for a, the Portugal France final just to get them to, I just, I don't think I was ever interested in that. Mm, no, not at all. Um, Argentina, you mean? Yeah, that's, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's um Ronaldo v Messi. Ronaldo v Messi. Yeah, I think we said that. It's not it's not a big deal to me. And yeah. I I don't know, I find it weird that people would find that an interesting aspect of the game. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving cuz England played France in the last quarter final. Uh this was an absolute cracker of a game. I'm not sure how much of this one you caught, but I thought yes. this was a great game. It deserved probably extra time because uh it was it was that good a game. Um It did. Thoughts? It's no, it totally did deserve extra time. And if not for, you know, maybe the most iconic moment of the World Cup will be Harry Kane's nebulous penalty. Mm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it probably should have been extra time. Yes. Hey, before we get to that, can we go first? The, mm-hmm. the Hogba esque Chuamani goal, Chuamani. Goal. I don't know Incredible. how the touch he takes. It looks like he took a bad kind of touch and then he's kind of on the wrong angle to shoot like that. And he does anyway. And he finds the he's corner. Just, Absolute power. He's just banged it. Since he's when? Just, I didn't just banged it in. He's just lashed it. He's just been like, you know what? He's got Vincent Company style. He's like, fuck it. Everyone tells me not to shoot. I'm going to fucking bang this in. in a yeah. World Cup that hasn't seen many outside the box goals. Yeah. That that was a ripper. We I think we said last week. That uh, someone random would score for France, and that that's a random random goal. Yeah, 
And then he, of course, gives away the penalty that, for Harry Kane to get England <laughs> back in the game. Yes. What's the old hero to villain? Um, definitely a pen. I mean, yeah. Ma- mainly the... There probably the... could have been one before that anyway, in the same move. Yeah. I think it was... Um, who's number 18? It was Upamakano. Upa Go mm-hmm. straight through the back of Bellingham, although Bellingham was oh, he he lost me a little in this searching? one, dude. He this lost me a little bit. for it. Yeah, he lost me a bit in this game. He seemed to have spent most of it just whinging and crying to the referee. You're better than that, dude. Don't fall into this trap. Come on. You know, a lot of not a lot, but it was uh, particular in this game that the English they were very aggrieved on the field. They did a, a few of them did lose their heads in this game. They did a bit, yeah. Um, how about our man Oli Giroud though? Just doing bits again. Doing bits. <laughs> he doesn't. He, you know, it's it's such a shame that Benzema couldn't be at this World Cup, but it, it this is better for France. Oli Giroud is elite. He is an elite forward, and I'll make that case until the day I die. It's such a great story, really. Like. We seen we keep seeing all those stats pop up of about how when he was twenty one he was still playing like third division in France, which mm. I'd imagine is just an absolute junk level of football. And here he is, he's won a World Cup and he's now in the semi final of another World Cup. And not just like being there. Obviously he didn't score a goal at the last World Cup, but he played every minute after the after the opening game against Australia because all the players basically went to the manager and were like, you need to get Giroud in this team, whether he scores or not, yeah. we need him in the team. They uh, were pissed. And here he is. And it was Griezmann who found him. And those two just have such a good combination when they play for France together. Yep. It's beautiful to see. There's like, there's a really cool moment coming up. Um, Giroud and I think the Moroccan coach play together at one of those random third division French league clubs. Yeah, and right. They're going to come up against each other. That is so weird. Um, yeah, I'll try and dig that out. And we'll post on the thing. But then, um, I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I was just going to say I like what you said about Griezmann and Giroud. Are we going to go into some Griezmann depth here, or oh, you can if you want, because I had my note on him was that I think he's been so underappreciated this World Cup as a number ten. I think he's been oh, incredible, a masterclass. He he is he's been phenomenal this World Cup. I cannot. I it just doesn't look. Like the guy that was at at Letty, like I don't. I guess so because he's not been getting many minutes and stuff because of the the weird contract. But and how can any attacker? We've done that before. How many attackers? How can you enjoy your football as an attacker under Simeone? Anyway, yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, that's, I, he obviously does. He really likes Atleti. But I I don't understand why. I just, I love the, the the variations in his game and where France have deployed him. Sometimes deeper in midfield. Today, further attacking. Uh, but there's some there's some great stats about Griezmann. Like six years ago, top goal scorer and player of the tournament at Euro 2016. 2018 World Cup, he won the silver boot en route to France becoming world champions. In his last eight World Cup starts, he has three goals, five assists, and he's the most prolific assister in French national team history. That's how good this guy is. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely love that. Um, moments later... <laughs> One of the dumbest pieces of defending I've seen at this World Cup, Teo Hernandez goes straight through the back of a is it Mason Mount, and he had no need to at all because the ball that's, was that's the, crux of the game. Like what an idiot! And then 
the complaints after, like, how could that be a pen? I was just standing there. No, you just barred straight through the back of him. Um, and then Harry Kane has has the chance to level it he's up again. Not, he's not really a defender, is he, Teo Hernandez? Like he... No, I've said that before. He's a weapon yeah. in attack. He's a, he's a left back who can't defend all that well. But, yes, the Kane opportunity. Uh, there's so many dimensions to it, like... Number like number one, the penalty itself in the situation. Do you think he should have taken a second penalty in the game, particularly given that he was facing a club teammate in goals? Yeah, interesting, isn't it? It's it's a funny. I don't. Funny I don't have any line. strong feelings on that either way because I I tend to fall on the if your striker wants the penalty, he takes it. Give it, yeah, and he's I, already I scored with one. Let him go again. I don't know. People were like, "Oh, I never want to see the guy take." Tommy, Tommy, you scored three penalties in a game for us once. Remember, he did. Craig Goodwin Tommy. has scored two penalties in a game for us before, hasn't he? Like, yeah, but he also missed one. Also, yeah, he has. But <laughs> I think in that same game, no, but but he's had other games where he's scored two. Yeah, true. No, yeah, that's what I mean. In that same game, I think he scored two and missed a penalty. Okay. No, I'm talking about penalties, as in he scored two penalties in a game. Yeah, and he also missed a penalty in that game too. In the same, you reckon? I'm I'm pretty sure. Was that the Mariners game? I don't know. This is for the diff- This is for the red edition. We'll, we'll pick this up later. All right. Um, I don't. Yeah, don't really care if he wants to take it. Take it. He's just <laughs> absolutely butchered it. I uh, will say, I That's had this. I I woke up. I had this on. I didn't even get out for, out of bed for this one. I just. Chucked it on the TV in the bedroom and I was lying there getting into the game. And then they got this penalty and I was like, oh my God, why? Because everyone knows how I feel about England. Um, and you, when you I love them, when I saw the ball go over the bar, I like my visceral reaction wasn't like anything normal. It was like maniacal. And I just started absolutely cackling and laughing at the top of my lungs. Like I was just in hysterics laughing about how that had happened. And it took me back to similar situation, lying in bed watching the Euros final <laughs> penalty shootout, <laughs> absolutely cackling at England missing penalties. And then here we are. They're, they're Somehow they've lost on penalties before it even got to penalties. <laughs> Isn't that not the most England way to do yourself in? I'm sorry, England listeners, but, you know... You know how we feel. Don't know how I feel. But they've heard it all before. This is the thing. It's a it's it's a running joke because it just consistently happens. Yeah. Um, I I was personally dirty they didn't get to pens and actually lose on pens because I had them to lose on penalty shootouts at six dollars fifty. That would have been yeah. It's just written in the stars, but as it was, Harry Kane is going to be a perennial loser for his entire life. Absolutely. I think my favourite response to this has been seeing all the ang- angry England fans on social medias and stuff, angry with Harry Kane because and saying this is why you don't trust a Spurs player and stuff like that. Uh, hello, Hugo Lloris, French captain, Spurs player, has won a World Cup and is now in mm. a semi-final again. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get out of that mindset, isn't it? <laughs> Just examine a little bit further like on the same pitch, just a little oh, bit further back. Literally watching the ball go over his crossbar. There was a Spurs Remember, player. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm sticking up for Spurs there. How's that? Unreal. Gosh. 
This it's exceptional exceptional circumstances. Um, I like that you and I both said that France couldn't win this game if Mbappe didn't turn up, and then Mbappe turns it like puts in like a three out of ten shift. Yeah, and France still somehow find a way. Yeah, they do. He he was pretty ordinary in this. Mbappe was doing his old um, any opportunity he got, he was pretty much flopping to the floor, and then England were dumb enough as well though to continue to get super tight to the back of him. And just having biting. little having little nibbles at it, and then getting angry when he went down, and the ref gave the free. And it's like, I don't, I'm not defending Mbappe's antics in playing that way, but you got to be smarter as a player. And like, you know, the referee's going to give it, change it. You're professional footballers. You got to be smarter. Um, yeah, that's it. You can't you can't, you can't get tight with Mbappe. And I know that his strength is obviously getting the ball in behind the fullback. But then you just got to be better organized with the centre backs. Like, yeah. you already have Declan Rice in there mopping shit up. This is that kind of thing falls back on Southgate personally. Yeah, well, he he's got to pretty much go now, doesn't he? He's had his time, he's had his chances. Yes. Uh, who would you put in charge next? And that's always the question. It's like, okay, you're going to get rid of the guy. I don't know. That's not my job to know. He's had three. What does he had? Two finals and a uh, you know this quarterfinal campaign and stuff like that. Yeah, I there was do a, not- there was. A, Arguments made that England weren't like this prior to Southgate and that he's got them to this stage now where they're in the hunt right to the end, but <laughs> never quite getting over the line. I, I feel like that's been England my entire life. <laughs> in the hunt, but not quite there. So not quite there. You know, Always hyped, but never deliver. I don't really care who replaces him. And Could be know. Brendan Rodgers from what I'm reading. Not my issue. Um, on this game, though, overall, I thought England were maybe... England probably is the slightly better side, but just France looked way more dangerous when they did attack. Though mm. France looked more likely to score each time, whereas England just struggled to. I don't know. They for all their possession and for all their getting it out wide and getting it to sucker, and then he dribbles into dangerous positions. They never really looked all that dangerous. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair comment. There's. I thought from like the last 25 minutes, England were definitely the dominant side. And, you know, despite Giroud scoring late on in the game, I thought at that point, England were definitely going to be the only winners because they they had France rattled for sure. And they had, you know, a couple of really good opportunities. And the fact is maybe the good opportunities work because, you know, they couldn't be, they couldn't be taken. Maybe they weren't that great in the end because they couldn't create that clear cut chance that they needed to break through. Yep. Other than the penalties. All right. Uh, so imagine France. Not, imagine not being able to score an, a goal in open play against the French. Wouldn't, wouldn't be us. No Pogba, no Kante. You know. Well, imagine no putting in. Imagine making all this noise and then getting one step further in a World Cup than an A League squad. <laughs> you know. Massive underachievement, I'd say. Uh, France v Morocco Thursday morning. What do you got? I want. I really want Morocco. That would just. It would be so Same. crazy. I think I we all want a Morocco Croatia final, but I. It might be the easy option here, but I think this is the game where I do see the blowout coming. Yeah, I'd I reckon like there. a three or four nil on the way for France. Maybe yeah. I think there's two main points on that. You throw in Morocco; they could be missing their entire back four for this game. Two of them are definitely out. Yeah, uh, Roman Sars won't play. And one of the someone got sent off, I think, in their previous game as well. 
So that's another fullback that they can't bring into cover. Yeah, the guard Chidu- is carrying a knock. Chadu is out. Um, yeah. yeah, and then ZX in doubt at the moment as well. Yeah, Sice is. is in doubt. Um, yeah, so they're in a bit of trouble there in that they're sense. But strife. who knows? Funny things are happening in World Cups. So true. That'll let's be cross game. our fingers and hope for a Morocco here. Morocco Croatia final would be great. I think I would let Argentina make the final if Morocco could beat them. I just I want them to lose though. I don't want them to win it. No, yeah, don't put it's it in faith. Want Argentina to win. Uh, them losing in a heartbreaking final would be the way to go again. Maybe Mario yeah. Goetze can get subbed on and score a winner. <laughs> 20, Twenty fourteen all over again. Be great to see Messi miss a pen, uh, Harry Kane style, wouldn't it? Yes, two one down in the ninety. Well, it'd have to be like the hundred and fifth minute with stoppage time these days. So, all right, we might wrap it there. Good stuff. Happy semi-finals to come. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, when's the next one we're going to do? After the final? Hmm. Uh, maybe. Yeah, probably. Uh, but we will have a red edition out shortly. We're going to talk about Adelaide's uh, disappointing away draw with Brisbane in the end. So mm-hmm. keep your eye out in the feed for that one and enjoy. Yes. Oh, just let's slip it in then if we're not going to do one. Who's going to win it now? Because we both had Brazil. Who have you got? Uh, France. Yeah, France. All right. I'm I'm going to back oh, Morocco. Let's go Morocco. You don't no. you don't think Morocco are winning it? I. You want them I to can't, win it? I can't. No, I kind of do. No, you I don't. Do. You're just I trying to cover do. all your bases now because you also just said France. But now you're saying Morocco. So now you're pretty much saying whoever wins this semifinal, you're taking two out of the four options. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you did last week. Everyone cash out your Brazil bets. 